Little Pizza Party podcast. Hello, I'm Adam. I'm Lubitsa. And this is a podcast that we make about politics and TV. Our politics are, well, we're leftists. We're, mm-hmm. And our TV tastes are pretty trashy, pretty yep. bad. Um, like we said in the last episode, we're pretty committed to watching a lot of reality TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a lot of times we talk about politics kind of through the lens of TV and TV shows. Um, so this week we're going to talk a little bit about, um, politics and maybe include some TV. I don't know. It kind of depends on how long the first part of our discussion takes. So, um, do you want to say anything? I feel like you haven't said anything. Mm. Last time we started with recommendations. Do you have anything? I don't know if I do. Uh, I'm really, I really like the idea of doing recommendations because it, you know, the reason we got into podcasting was our love of the Slate Culture Gap Fest. <laughs> yes, yes. Major inspiration. Yeah. They're like our Velvet Underground. Cocktail chatter or whatever. Yeah. They're like our Velvet Underground. If yeah. The Velvet Underground inspired people to create bands because everybody they hated sucked. them so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Okay. If I were going to do one recommendation, uh, I would say look up old music blogs you used to... <laughs> read because i used to be like a major 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 music nerd and i used to be really really into like the newest coolest indie bands and music and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. then i just i just kind of fell out partly because of podcasts i just kind of fell out of listening to um new music all the time and uh actually because of this podcast and the fact that we decided to start Mm -hmm. putting new music at the or music at the end of Um, every episode I've been looking more for music lately and you know revisiting some old music blogs and finding that they still put out like mixes and stuff like that like kind of was cool and exciting and a cool way to find I hated some, a lot yeah, of the stuff on the mix yeah but some of it was good and I really liked it so I'm, you know I think it's like a start towards uh, reconnecting to something that I used to be really yeah. into. It's really weird how these are blogs, you know, now they have, I don't know the pop stars that they had on there, but there were names uh, that I'd heard of. There were, big well, they stars. had like Charlie XCX yeah. and stuff like that. And it was like, I was like, well, maybe I only know like one song by her. Like maybe she's good. And then I listened to the songs that they had on the mix. I was like, Nope, yeah. do not like this. <laughs> and back in like 2004, they weren't putting Avril Lavigne on the No, no. Same website, but now... Yeah. I really don't like the whole... Is this part of the poptimism thing? Like, pop music is the best music. I don't know. There was a now. lot of... Um, There's another artist that they had on there. Who, it's just full auto-tune. Like, I mean, I feel like an old person complaining about this, but <laughs> it's it's not... It, she, it doesn't sound human like i'm not sure we were talking about this like why she gets credit for the song yeah. because it's not her voice she's not the one who put it together like there's definitely a producer who yeah. you know like arranged it and put it so that might have who, been the charlie xcx song no no oh, it was okay. a different it was something like diamonds or like i don't know i forget yeah. but it, I was just, or Hannah, I don't know. But basically, it could have been anybody. Yeah, exactly. It, it could have like, been me. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. They just need a human voice to then auto-tune, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. I did not 
like that at all. But I did find a couple of things that I did like, and it made me realize that I missed, like, hunting for good new bands. You know, maybe yeah. I'll try doing that instead of just constantly playing old shit that, you know, Pretty, yeah. I'm a little nostalgic for. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much what I do now is I just YouTube, use YouTube yeah. to listen to music and find stuff based on whatever's on the sidebar. Yeah. So I basically am, like, discovering actually old music from the 70s or 80s or sometimes the 90s that I just didn't know about that's related to old music I've already known. Yeah, it really sucks that Last FM, like, isn't really real or, like, around anymore. Yeah. Because that was a really great way to discover new music that way, like, with, like... But it was, like, because people had, like, linked artists together or had played artists, and then it was, like, oh, you like this? You'd probably like this. And it was a great way to, like... And also to see, like, what your friends were listening to in real time and be like, oh, I wonder whether I'd like that band. You know, I like the same music as this person. Like, yeah. So, anyway, what's your recommendation? Um, I have two, two books. One is Updating to Remain the Same by uh, Wendy Chun, Wendy Hui Kyung Chun. And it's like a kind of critical theory um, assessment of new media. Hmm. Um I'm just getting into it, but it's really good so far, and it's a lot more lucid than... Because I try to read this stuff, but I didn't study it in college, so I basically have to learn it by just, like, letting it wash over me until stuff sticks. And this... uh, Do you have to kind of, like, learn the language a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And just, like, the approach, you know, like, how to approach the texts and read them. Yeah. Yeah. I also read uh, Frederick Jameson's article, The Aesthetics of Singularity recently that was really good which is the same thing but jameson um i only read it because they they mentioned him in ghost in the shell uh, episodes and i was like oh i've been meaning to like look that person up forever because mark fisher talks about him a lot hey man i read ayn rand's the fountainhead just because they mentioned it in gilmore girls (laughs) and after the rape scene i was like what the fuck am i reading (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's uh something else i can recommend was uh the wait gilmore girls is amy sharon palladino mm-hmm. right yeah we so we might talk about this article you sent me about morality yeah yeah and whatever website it was on they also have an interview with I amy sherman palladino that was like hilarious yeah she's um i didn't know if she dresses like a tim burton goth that's so um, weird she always wears like top hats like and stuff pinstripe suit <laughs> yeah like uh trench black trench coat like weird top hat. and uh that's when you're like rich you can just become such a fucking weirdo yeah i mean she does not she didn't come off like awful but just really funny like i know but just the fact that you like go around walking like you're some fucking like cartoon villain like i think the author was saying something like she has necklaces with like mutilated dolls hanging off of them or something that's so stupid yeah so cheesy too it's like hi i'm really boring Yeah. Here's the way I try to make myself seem more I mean, interesting. You have to keep in mind she was like young in the late eighties, early nineties, but still. There are a lot of people who were and they're not wearing like baby dolls around their necks, yeah. like also she her dialogue in real life is exactly like her character's dialogue. <laughs> it's really funny. Um with her and her husband, whatever is Dan Dan what's his name? I think it was Dan. Dan Paladino or I something. I think so. Um but the most interesting part of the article, because it's the headline is like um, Amy Sherman Palladino doesn't believe in good in the universe and that's how she starts off talking is like I don't believe that people are, are can be good I believe they're inherently evil and you have to beat good into them cool, cool and it's like cool. this is the author of 
Gilmore Girls well, and stuff. It's yeah, weird. that kind of makes sense. To think about. Yeah, so that's my second re- recommendation. Uh, that I guess that's good for now. I'll save my next one for next time. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but I didn't really say what upgrading to remain the same was about. Updating to remain the same, but. I don't know. That's okay. You <laughs> Still can. Getting you into can. It. Okay. I mean, it's basically about new media, but it's like an approach. So far in the beginning, she's talking about networks, and everybody, ha- like you know, has this idea that about living in a network society and analyzing things as networks, no matter what academic discipline you're talking about. Yeah. And she just deconstructs how like anti-communal that is. Yeah. And how it defeats. Um, yeah, community, kind of in the name of like, you know, what you might call neoliberal individualism. Mm. Because instead of it being an actual organization or community, everybody is just a, a node connected through edges back to other people or whatever. And uh, it causes you to identify as like a plural you instead of a plural we. Mm. Because you're just this individual in this mass of individuals instead of a member of a community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's cool. And then I also have like a anime manga recommendation, but I'll save that for next time. (laughs) (laughs) I did one last time, so I shouldn't do one every time. Yeah. That's probably probably a good idea. Although someone did say that they want a anime episode, so an anime episode, I should say. So uh, there are people on your side, baby. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, Okay. So... uh, I thought that this week we would talk about morality, and I think and hope that we will. Um, but uh, there's been obviously some other things going on in the news, and we do try to like actively be anti, yeah. <laughs> like topical, anti-rip from the headlines. Yeah. Almost everything is evergreen that we talk about. Yeah, no, we don't like talking about the new thing. Yeah, in the news. Uh, but that being said, I'm like really annoyed with the new thing. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought we'd talk about it a little bit. I do think it's, this topic is actually more evergreen, but obviously the the way we're getting into it yeah. is um, through this uh, through the Me Too movement, and also we've like avoided talking about the Me Too movement because it's like obviously like deeply, deeply depressing and um, not fun to talk about. <laughs> and uh, well, if you want to like hear me talk about like some of that stuff. You can go listen to the Street Fight episode that I did because yeah. I talked about my work history. It's funny. It was actually just a little bit before the Me Too movement. Maybe I knew something was in the air because normally that's not like one of the things I include when I talk about my work history. But I just felt like it was important for people to realize that even if you work for like so-called progressive organizations, that's something that happens and will happen and had happened like fairly often considering how young I was and how few years ultimately i really worked you know um so yeah if you want to hear about my personal history with that <laughs> get a uh subscription to street fight and go listen to that episode you should get a subscription to street fight anyway it's, yeah it's i mean cheap too man they it's like fugazi like they keep everything five dollars or less yeah the time. yeah they're really awesome we like them a lot and obviously i have some columbus pride <laughs> when it comes to but street i thought fight. this me too movement thing wasn't it's actually so depressing because it felt like we're finally having a national discussion. About yeah, it. true. I just it... it felt depressing to realize like I always had talked to like friends and stuff and knew that stuff like this happens. Women obviously talk about this stuff amongst ourselves from time to time mm-hmm. and 
you know, you know that it does happen to other people. It, it, I knew it wasn't like a low number of women that this happened to, but then to just keep hearing another story and to hear the details. Like at first I was reading a lot of the articles and like all of the details and just, it was just so gross, you know, like it's so upsetting to hear about all the different things that have happened uh, that are a lot worse than anything that ever yeah. happened to me, you know? Um, well, I, can I, yeah. Well, what I was, I thought it was a good thing because, like, I thought we were finally getting past the sort of Law and Order SVU conception of rape, mm, you know? Yeah. That it's Guy all. Guy jumps out of the bushes yeah. and, like, holds a knife to your throat. Yeah. Or drugs somebody. Yeah. But then it kind of, but now, so we're going to talk about the Aziz Ansari thing. Yeah. And it seems like the discussion I thought people were having, what I thought they were thinking about, they haven't dealt with, like, yeah. even, um, you know, toe in the yeah, water. Yeah, which is part of what's depressing to me yeah. about it. Yeah, so let's get into it. Um, if you haven't heard about it, uh, Aziz Ansari was accused um, as part of the Me Too movement. He wasn't accused of, like, rape or anything like that. It was on babe.com, right? Yeah, which no, I don't think anybody's really heard of. Yeah, but yeah. that's where you can find the article. Yeah. So it's written by an author. I think her name is, like, Kate or something like that. Actually, I have the article. But uh, it's about a woman who... Pseudonymously known as Grace. Yes, exactly. 23-year-old woman in Brooklyn. Yeah, Katie Way is the name of the author. Uh, and the title of the article is, I went on a date with Aziz Ansari. It turned into the worst night of my life. Yeah. I would say if you haven't read the article, and you have, but you've only seen clips, you should read the article. Yeah, because I had like seen screen grabs and stuff like that from the article, and um, I'd read like bits and pieces as a result of that, and I'd heard people talking about it, mm -hmm. and I already was like, oh, I don't like the way this discussion is going. But then having read the full article, I really feel like, what the fuck is wrong with everything? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so we don't need to get into like a blow by blow of all the details, but basically this girl meets Aziz Ansari. They have almost like a meet cute where they're at like a, I don't mm -hmm. know, Emmy's party or something like that. Some sort and, of red carpet thing. I yeah. And sh she and he brought the same like 80s style film camera to the event to take photos. Already. Like, I hate these people. I know. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, she's a Brooklynite. So I guess <laughs> can't be too surprised. <laughs> But, you know, they have this, like, meet cute or whatever where it's like, oh, my gosh, we have something in common. They exchange phone numbers and then they, like, flirt a little bit and then he asks her out. And she goes on a date with him that, you know, the date part of it, like, dinner ends pretty quickly. There's, like, a detail about how there's, like, wine still left in the bottle that he ordered. And they move on to go back to his place uh, where he proceeds to create a lot of pressure um for sex right so i mean do you want to well it goes beyond pressure I yeah mean, like i forget how it it like starts that they start having you know physical intimacy i mean she says it takes like less than 10 minutes for him to like basically touch every Didn't... part of her body and yeah. like like he like tries to like starts making out with her he like quickly moves to like grabbing like fondling her breasts and... oh yeah it starts off gross immediately because as soon as they get in i see it here um she complimented his marble countertops and he said something like how about you hop up and take a seat and then in moments it says he was kissing her in a second his hand was on my breast uh yeah then he was undressing her undressed himself she remembers feeling uncomfortable 
at how quickly things escalated. <laughs> yeah, he's, it says he was going to, he said he was going to grab a condom, like, a few minutes after that. The yeah. Case, so. Yeah, and when she tries to, like, so that's what happens. So over and over again, she, so she tries to be yeah. like, hey, let's chill. And then he's like, okay, cool. And she says, she says that. Yeah, yeah, she says, she says yeah, she like, says, hey, let's chill. And then he's like, she's, yeah. okay, okay, cool. And then, like, two minutes later, he's trying to have sex with her again. Yeah. And he keeps doing it, and he keeps doing this weird thing. It says here where he, uh, the move he kept doing was taking his two fingers in the shape of a V and putting them in my mouth, in my throat, to wet his fingers. Because the moment he'd stick his fingers in my throat, he'd go straight for my vagina and try to finger me. Which is so, like horny yeah you know like i think it just sounds like someone who like watches a lot of porn Mm -hmm. and i don't know like i mean he's a celebrity so i'm sure he also just like gets to have sex however he feels like most of the time without probably yeah a lot of pushback but it's so weird like his moves that she describes are very like aggressive like Mm -hmm. there's um there doesn't seem to be, like, a lot of time or room for anyone to show enthusiastic consent, you know? Yeah. I mean, she has time to show that she's not enthusiastic. Which she does over and over yeah. again. She doesn't just say, let's slow down. Then she says, I don't want to do that tonight. And he still keeps trying. Yeah. And I think at one point she says no, and then he still keeps trying. Yeah, I mean, it says like, it was 30 minutes of me getting up and moving and him following yeah. me and sticking his fingers down my throat again. It mm. was really repetitive. It felt like a fucking game. Yeah. Um, but talking about it being porny, I don't think anybody's immune from the influence of porn when it comes no, to sex like of course not yeah. of course not like all like anybody who grew up with the internet is probably like influenced by porn yeah. as uh so that's not like the problem no it's not the problem it's just that's how it reads to me is just yeah. like oh that's a weird detail about yeah. him i mean it know? might contribute to the problem uh, i don't yeah. know that's something to talk about but yeah like, well yeah. i think a lot of times in porn there is an aspect of like, it's sexy that, you know, this woman, like, is ultimately overpowered, basically. I know, I guess. And it seems like that is something that he also, I don't know, like, transposed onto this situation because he seems to think, like, if he just asks her enough times or maybe that like she's playing coy because like i think that's like one of the things that leads to a lot of drunk hookups like in college and the reason that people get drunk to hook up is that women aren't made to feel like they can just say like i want to hook up tonight i want to have sex so instead there's this oh well if i get drunk then yeah there's like less of I don't know. It's like less of a, I'm less responsible, I guess, Yeah. for my own actions. Although obviously no part of that is saying like, I don't want to do this tonight. No, 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 for sure. I'm just saying that like, there is like, without a doubt, pressure in our society on women to play coy uh, or act sometimes like they don't want to have sex, even if maybe they do. Or to not be as open about it. So I think the flip side of that is that there are guys who learn that you have to, like, ask a girl many, many times in order for her to eventually, or create a situation 
where a girl feels like she can, like, consent without, yeah, like, having, without feeling like a slut, basically. Because in our society, if you were just like, I want to fuck as a girl, Mm -hmm. guys would be like, okay, and then immediately would be like, yeah, she's, like, crazy for sex. She just wants to fuck, like, you know. So there's, like, a reason why girls do that. I mean, all of this is, like, this is patriarchy. All of this is part of a fucked up society that we live in. I'm not saying that, like, you know, you should take advantage of drunk girls. And when they say no, they're saying no because they need to be, like, asked 20 times or anything like that. I'm just saying this is a reality that I've I've seen. And I still think it's, like, really, really important to have enthusiastic consent you know like regardless of that but i do think like this is one of the things that happens because patriarchy forces women to like push down their desires in order to be acceptable like in society as a result boys learn if i if she says no once that doesn't necessarily mean she doesn't want to you know i like i don't know you don't so girls don't just have learned that they have to behave in this way for men, but living in a society where women aren't supposed to crave sex or men are supposed to enjoy it more, you know, teaches young girls what to want or, or how they should be, not just to, like, be acceptable for men, but for themselves. Yeah. So it, it might teach you that sex isn't for me in the first place. True, yeah. Not like I need to act in this way to get it. Right. But just like maybe I should, why should I want sex? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. true. Yeah, so the reason I'm bringing all of that up is that, and like muddying the waters a little bit, I guess, is because, you know, this is all pretty muddy and I can, and I see people like obviously like getting lost when they talk about this specific thing because basically what happens is she talks about like, Another move he does is he, like, literally, I think she says, like, five to seven times puts, like, her hand on his penis. Yeah. Even though she, like, repeatedly says no. Yeah, she says, like, I don't want to do this tonight. And they're like, okay, let's go to the couch and watch Seinfeld. And then, yeah, he's, like, putting her hand on his penis. And, And, well, like, he sits on the couch, she sits down on the floor, and then he, like, taps her. And she turns around and he's basically like pointing to his dick like, eh, eh, and like asking for head. And so she like obliges. And then he like eventually like, again, oh, he says, uh, it says soon he pulled her back up onto the couch. She would tell her friend via text later that night. He made out with me again and says, doesn't look like you hate me. Which is, like, so stupid. Even though she, like, told him, like, I'm uncomfortable, I don't want to do this. I don't know. I just think that's so weird. And then he tells her that he wants to show her something in another room. Then he brought her to a large mirror, bent her over, and asked her again, where do you want me to fuck you? Do you want me to fuck you right here? He rammed his penis against her ass while he said it, pantomiming intercourse. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that... If you don't see that as, like, assault and gross, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm really surprised because I've heard details 
when people were talking about this article before I read it about how the story was written and like weird little details about she likes red wine, he only offered her white, and people like getting hung up on that. And then I didn't hear people talking about this. And yeah. I just think like that's crazy because like the main issue here, obviously, that I'm trying to get at is like you don't have to physically force someone to have sex with you to force someone to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. Like, creating a an environment where you wear down the other person into them finally saying, fine, you know, yeah. is not, like, okay. That's not nothing. You didn't... Yes, you maybe didn't do anything wrong legally because technically the person consented with, like, an okay fine. But, like... You still did something wrong, you know, like morally, like if we want to talk later about morality and stuff like that, like what you did is wrong, right? It's like the same thing as how um, sometimes they get really frustrated when we're watching The Young Turks because Cenk Uger will be like, well, if, uh, you know, like um, consenting adults want to enter into a contract where get they get paid to do blah, 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 then that's fine. And it's like as if the idea of money on its own isn't coercive and corrupting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is the same thing. Like the, the pressure that you're putting on this person is coercive and corrupting. And it's it's like not okay. Like you're not creating a situation that's like mutually consensual you know because there's like a lot of reasons why someone will consent like maybe you want to have sex with this person at a later time you just don't want to do it today so you don't want to totally blow the relationship or you're friends with this person and you don't think it's worth like losing years of friendship over one drunken night where this person's like created an awkward environment and i'm just talking about the thing like like trying to like repeatedly ask her for sex if this if this is happening where he's like bending you over in front of a mirror and pantomiming sex across like your asshole like that's on another level if you ask me i don't think there's actually any gray area there but i kind of thought part of the whole me too movement was like exploring the many different things that constitute sexual harassment and assault and i'm like really surprised that people aren't grasping what happened here as part of that yeah um there was an article or an article like a personal essay in the you know outlet like internet literature community back in like 2014 i think it was by lucy k shaw and i hope i'm getting that right and not like (laughs) misattributing her abuse to somebody yeah else to the wrong person but like it was an article an essay you know if you don't know Alt-Lit um, or you haven't heard of Taolin, it's basically like a style of writing that's very deadpan and honest and uh, completely like um, unadorned with emotion or unnecessary images or anything. And it's a story a girl writes about her, It's but it's ostensibly fictional, but it's always real, basically. Okay. And it's a first-person story about doing a a, like a reading and then staying with like uh, an acquaintance you know who like the girls I think in a new city and he hosted the reading or something and you know they've talked online and she knows his work and she stays at his place and he has roommates so she has to sleep in his room 
and he's like it's fine i'll sleep on the floor you know yeah and at first it's like cool we're gonna be friends everything's going fine but then he like gets up on the bed (sighs) and like you know constantly pushes himself on her basically even after she makes it very clear she doesn't want to do it and eventually after getting constantly badgered and in her internal monologue she's you know worried about like i don't i'm in this like city i don't really know anybody here yeah i'm staying at this guy's place i have nowhere else to go like his roommates are outside or in their own rooms or whatever and she kind of just lays there and like lets him have sex with her and it became like a huge scandal because everybody knew who she was talking about and in the alt-light community and he got like completely chased out of town he had a very popular magazine that he had to fold up and he said he like retired completely from writing so to me this is like old news yeah (laughs) but when that came out i mean it was kind of an education for me because i you know, I like to think I've never been in a situation like that. Yeah. And, you know, I'd never heard from girls things like this. Yeah. Like, complain, uh, like letting you know afterwards, like... What or you just did. friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I never heard from, like, friends telling me about an experience like this. Yeah. So it was kind of an eye-opener for me that, you know... And I, I don't know that there is a good word for what to call this, because people think of a certain thing when they say rape. Yeah. And maybe they don't want to call this rape because, like, I remember talking with you about it at the time, and I felt like, I don't think this guy realized what he did, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm sure Aziz Ansari doesn't either. And so maybe using rape is too strong of a word for some people, or maybe it would alienate, you know, the perpetrator mm-hmm. and not dealing with their own consequences of their own actions, right. but, like... This is some sort of assault or, you know, non-consensual yeah. sexual assault. So um, so I had to, like, figure this out a few years ago, and I thought I was catching up. I thought it seemed like everybody else already knew this stuff, and I was catching up. And now here it is, 2018, four years <laughs> later, yeah. and it's right in front of people, and they still aren't seeing it. It's kind of shocking to me. Yeah, I think one of the reasons, I like, a lot of the people I've seen criticizing this are women. And I I think that one of the reasons, well, I think there's two reasons. One of the reasons I think is that weirdly, like, and I think worryingly, the Me Too movement has been quite resistant to, like, um, like, spectrumizing. Right, yeah. Like, assaults. They don't actually talk about gray areas. It's very black and white. Yeah. You're you're a rapist or rape culture. Or or assaulter or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you know, because people, like, immediately kind of wanted to and there was a lot of pushback between like especially like the al franken thing is obviously different from the louis ck thing which is really different from like the harvey weinstein thing right like harvey weinstein is like full-on rapist louis is i mean a surprise masturbator is like it's like really fucking close it's like we've basically moved the definition of rape enough to like capture those two who yeah yeah like but then, hor- obviously horrendous things that anybody could see. Are yeah. Just like, oh, and but then outside. like ass grabbing and stuff like that is assault for sure. Yeah. But it's not on the same level as like like yeah like Harvey Weinstein or whatever you know like it's just it's not like it's it's a different situation, and I think th- and like I say for whatever reason it seems like people some people suggested like early on that like there should be some 
notation, I feel like, of, of these differences. But then a lot of people are like, no, like, assault is assault, you know, like. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's that aspect of it. So um, as a result of that, then women who feel that way are like, well, you're, like, threatening the movement because now people who are like, oh, you can't take these women seriously have, like, a piece they can point to where it's like, well, this woman just wasn't happy with a sexual encounter that she had, and now what, he's a rapist because she wasn't happy the next day, you know? That's why people, like you mentioned, bring up the wine thing that he just gave her white and she prefers red and he didn't even let her choose which wine she wanted. It's like she had a bad date and now she's mad. Yeah, and I heard a lot of people say, like, a lot of women say, like, well, this is just a guy acting like an asshole. And it's like, oh, man, like, I seriously hope that, like, you haven't had, like, many sexual experiences like this that make you think that, like, this is, like, a basically normal way for guys to behave. I think probably they have, and that's what you're saying. I think so, too. And I mean, you know, like, I've had experiences like this. Like, I think every woman has had experiences like this. And I think that where someone doesn't realize, probably, that they're putting a lot of pressure on you in a way that you're not interested in and they're actually making things uncomfortable for you but also like you don't totally hate this person you know or you know this person or this person's a friend or someone you like even but like you know Mm. this isn't what you wanted right now and so like I said you don't want to like end the relationship and just be like fuck off so it's hard to find a balance of like what to do in that situation And I think that that's why it's a lot of women who are resistant to this because a lot of women don't want to look back on their dating history and be like, so I was assaulted that time? So I'm a victim now, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's really frustrating because I don't think that that has to be the case. I think, like, you can look at a situation like this and a situation in your own history and, and it is hard to, like, look back and be like, yeah, that wasn't what I wanted and it happened or... Um, it was, I was put in a position by a friend that I, I wish I hadn't been put in. That's like, it is hard to deal with that. But I think on the flip side, like you don't have to automatically like recast yourself as a victim and that person as an assault. Like forget Aziz Ansari. Honestly, it just really sounds like assault to me. Like I don't, I, if someone bends you over against your will and does Mm -hmm. shit like that's gross. Like, I don't know what's wrong with him. But, like, if you're in a position where, you know, I don't know, a guy kept, like, putting your hand on his penis or whatever, like, the earlier examples, and you're like, no, 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 and finally you're like, okay, fine, like, here's a hand job so you can, like, fuck off, you know, so you can, like, leave me alone, like, that doesn't, you don't have to automatically, like, recast yourself as a victim. Like, uh, yeah. that's why I thought this was important to discuss, because there's a gray <clears throat> area. Like, there is a sense in which, like, you know, you can, you took control of that situation, and you may, or, like, that woman. Like, she's like, okay, like, here's the things, here's the options I have. Okay, here's the best option for me. You know, that's not saying, like, I'm, yeah. like, automatically, like, I'm, it's not the same as, like, being raped because it isn't, like, well, there are no options available to me and, like, this guy's holding, like, a knife to my throat, like, SVU style, right? Yeah. right? It's, like, you're taking control of the situation and making a decision and a choice for yourself. Yeah. And, yeah, it's not the choice that you want, but that doesn't mean that, like, you know, right. you have to have, like, tr- 
feel like a traumatized. Or maybe it's honestly it. not the best choice. You know, maybe yeah. like this woman from this story should have left sooner. Maybe Lucy K. Shaw, if that's who it was, should have spoken up more. The but the point of saying that isn't to question whether these people are really victims. No, but it's, it's like it's to emphasize uh, women's agency exactly in a way that people learn how to like. Uh, handle situations exactly. like this when they're in this exactly yeah. because the way that I learned about like like and have like processed stuff like that is by talking to other yeah. people about my experiences and realizing like oh you have experiences like that too yeah. yeah and like yeah that was like this is how I handled it this is how you handled it right, right. and that teaches you how you can handle it like in the future and like I'm not saying that women should have to handle it obviously in a perfect world this wouldn't happen and w- women would never be put in positions like this where they have to like make the best choice out of the worst options you know but like that's the reality of the world we live in and i do think like there is some benefit like you say especially to like emphasizing women's agency and teaching women like one yeah you can get out of a situation and two like if you feel like you can't that doesn't mean like you know you're automatically like like a victim you just have to like lay there and let it happen and also that you should enjoy sex and sex Uh, is for you yeah like i saw some commentate commenters online bring up andrea dworkin and stuff saying like they were right that men see sex as violence and this sort of sex positivity to feminine that or sex positivity feminism is leading to assault Mm -hmm. and it's the opposite i think like like ask yourself like this woman should have left earlier. Why did she put up with this? She should have said no more clearly. Well, why in those situations would may you not make a decision to do that? It's because of internalized patriarchy. Because yeah. you think, uh, because like you've internalized the idea that sex is for men, that men are, you know, animals when it comes to sex or aggressive or like, uh, yeah, that I don't have to enjoy sex or that, and that you think that, like, well, he's a guy, like, he can't help himself. He already has yeah. a boner. So if I just say no enough times, eventually he'll get the message. But I have to just keep saying no because, like, you know, like that stupid saying, like, all the blood is rushed to his dick and he doesn't have enough to, like, use his brain right now or yeah. whatever. You know, like, stuff like that. Like, like things like that do make you think, like, oh, well... It's fine. Once he stops being horny, he'll be normal again, you know? So yeah. And he just can't help getting horny. Like. Yeah. But, like, okay, we don't believe in such a thing as a national debate or a national discussion, right? Where does this take place, right? How do we decide who wins the debate, you know? Yeah. That's not a real thing. It's just something people say. Yeah. But, like, we are talking about this, and if we don't talk about the gray areas, then it's pointless. Yeah. If we just say, like, this person's bad this person's but also like everyone already knows we're not going to reach any conclusions to actually avoid it or make things better yeah and it's like you know outing people like louis ck and harvey weinstein definitely has like its place and benefits us but like everyone knows that like a surprise masturbator is basically like a gross person and a rapist and it's not okay what they're doing everybody knows if he weren't rich he wouldn't get away with it and yeah exactly and you know same thing with like harvey weinstein like no one needed to like learn anything from it other than like you know don't do that like <laughs> but like there's no like i think for most average 
yeah, women yeah. and men. The, you know, if you're not in the film industry or whatever, yeah. there's not a lot you can yeah, you take know, away from that. It's two really. completely different stories, isn't it? Because those are stories that these um, things that we all know are bad are still happening. Yeah. And we think they're not. Yeah, yeah, But this yeah. is a story that actually there are a lot of bad things happening on the everyday level. Exactly. That people just put up with. Exactly. Yeah. And brush aside. And basically, when I see people saying, well, this isn't part of the Me Too movement, or this shouldn't count, or this story is, like, trivializing the Me Too movement or whatever. It's like those people are saying, no, you should just keep sweeping that under the rug. Yeah. And it's that's why I find it so frustrating, because it's like, I literally don't have a friend who, like, doesn't have a story like this, you know? And that's a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not normal. And, that's not and acceptable. And after that happens, like, that is upsetting too you know like i'm saying like you don't have to be a victim you don't have to feel victimized but like of course it is very upsetting after it happens you know it's just like you can't you don't have to like i think like the reason people are resistant because they want to recast experiences from their past in this light and i'm saying like you don't have to really like you can just look at it like as a, Mm -hmm. a moment where you actually like used your agency you empowered yourself to make a good decision for yourself to keep yourself safe keep yourself alive whatever it is but at the same time obviously like you know many women leave those situations like this girl like you know in a cab crying or walking home crying or upset crying to her friend the next day or you know even like i've had friends like question like you know like am i a slut for doing this like because i i took basically part in a sexual act that i didn't even want to and I just did it because it was, you know, like, better than yeah. than fight, or, trying to, like, Or stop what if it. this is a person who's an actual friend and then maybe yeah. you remain friends afterwards? Unless you have, like, a good ideological understanding of how to, like, situate this in your life. Exactly. Then you're not going to be able to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I just think that there's, like, a lot to be learned from this story and instead of people like interrogating it and opening up the door for more people to feel comfortable like identifying with this story, I see like a complete shutdown of, yeah. you know. You know, it's interesting that you say that about um, women not wanting to look back on their past and like, you know, recast everything, see it anew. Like, I think I've mostly seen women talking about this issue. Yeah. I haven't seen, when I see people standing up for Aziz Ansari, it's mostly been women. Like, uh, Same. editorial in the New York Times and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I read a really good blog post about exactly what you're saying, too. Um, some person, some blogger who's at, like, katiekatiekate.com, you know, okay. like Tony, Tony, Tony. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she wrote that when she first heard the story, she had that attitude that, like, this woman's not a victim. Like, this is normal. Yeah. You know? She's just, like, smearing this man who's, yeah, it's not great, but he's normal, like. And then she realized, like, why am I feeling that way? Yeah. And it's because I've been in situations exactly. like this. Exactly, exactly. I didn't want to look back and actually deal with it. It's yeah. a really good blog post. And she compares it to, like, um, Silence of the Lambs in that Silence of the Lambs is about, ab- <laughs> you know, abusive men, like serial killer men, but it's structured like a rom-com. Because oh. yeah, right. We've I've heard Crack talk about this. I okay. Because it's Clarice Lispector right. with Hannibal Lecter, and it's kind of like this. Uh, oh, you know, it's the same like 
we meet each other and we hate each other, but we kind of fall in love. Oh, really? Thing. You've never seen the movie? No. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not a movie I'd watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot, a lot to, like, talk about with a piece like this. Uh, I mean, like, in the national conversation or whatever you want to call it. And it's just... And, but it's so hard to do now because we've been ignoring the gray areas for so long and also like whatever you think about it like even if you're like well this is just normal this is like a guy being an asshole or a guy being horny or whatever your excuse for it is hopefully you recognize that it should not be normal that women should not have men don't have experiences like this yeah i don't have a bunch of guy friends i can point to where it's like oh, yeah, this girl just kept putting her, you know, hand on, I mean, my <laughs> yeah. hand on her vagina and, like, forcing herself on me. And, like, I was really uncomfortable, but I finally thought, like, fine, like, just right, please right. get off of me. Like, I guess I'll just do this to get you off of me. Like, anytime, like, there's, like, a deep, especially when it comes to, like, sex, but whatever, imbalance like that between the sexes, it's, like, worth examining why that happens and where that's happening, you know, like, it's not normal, mm-hmm. you I know, think... just like it's not normal that women are scared to walk home alone at night, right? Or cross the street when they see a man walking on the on the same side of the street as them or whatever, because we are scared, like, for our physical safety, and men don't have to do that, right? Yeah. Th- this is another discrepancy where it's like, something's wrong here. There's a power imbalance, there's a gender imbalance, there's a obviously like structural imbalance and it's super sad to see you know mostly like older more established women or women who have lived you know a lot of experiences who are now like attacking the author of this article just for like her writing like her style her technique and like uh she's trying to get fame for herself like to see women side up on that side against I know. him is like so ugly it's also like weird because it's like what is Aziz Ansari done for is you there, is he like a resistance hero that I don't realize no he like I mean he's like uh, one of part of the thing that actually the girl oh we talked about Master of None on an episode before I'm sure we did because we, we had like liked what it. About yeah. it yeah but like you know a g- good show that's fine I liked Louie too but you know, know oh well like <laughs> Yeah. Me too. It I don't used to think be I my favorite TV show, but I don't it, think but... I can watch it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and it's like the the same with this, where it's like you know, good TV show, whatever, funny comedian, but oh well. Yeah. You know, like I'm not gonna. I personally do not feel like I want to like partake in any more of his products. I'm not even saying he should be boycotted though by most people, like because again, there is a spectrum, and I feel like what he did is a lot lower yeah. on the spectrum than what other people certainly what louis did yeah. but you know i don't I, whether you decide to boycott him or not really doesn't matter to me what matters to me is like that this needs to be recognized like for what it is mm-hmm. we saw your parents were watching aziz i'm sorry stuff on yeah. netflix and it's so funny i don't think they know this story no i think that just not. like the netflix algorithms heard like oh people are talking about aziz i'm sorry let's push it to the top yeah so. And totally. clicked on it for that reason. Totally, yeah, no. Uh, I think another big part uh, that's missing from the discussion that, like, lays the framework for why the discussion around Aziz Ansari in particular is so bad is the question of what to do with the sexual abusers. Because we live yeah. in a punitive society yeah. 
you know, one based around punishment yeah. instead of one based around like restorative justice. So like, what do you want Aziz Ansari to feel? And actually this was my favorite part about the victim's story is she talked to her, for, she realized that she had been, you know, assaulted, abused, and she talked to her friends about it. Violated and so Violated. Way. That's probably the best word. Yeah. And they came up with a message to send him and she sent him this message. Like, I probably don't, you probably don't realize you know what you did to me yeah and i want you to like realize it and think about it so that the next girl doesn't ride home crying in her uber yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's so great that is like the model of restorative justice i think because like what do you want aziz i'm sorry to feel is shame yeah like you want to... and acknowledgement right that you're not crazy yeah. like... but i mean shame in a, a positive sense like shame is a community um showing like yourself to you in this negative light yeah and you now have to see yourself as other people see you yeah and deal with it yeah so you can change yourself that's what we need instead we have a discussion that became uh, basically in like a punishment framework and now he's defensive and he releases this statement that basically says i don't think i did anything wrong yeah and that's like legally i take no responsibility <laughs> yeah <you know? laughs> like, because we live legally yeah, yeah. Uh, materially in a punitive system yeah so he can't even if he feels shame come out and say i feel ashamed yeah. for my actions because yeah. it opens him up to you know yeah it's a little bit the same thing with the james franco thing we heard someone talking about that and yeah. how he's like clearly like taking a very defensive legal stance so that he can't be sued yeah. um i think like what uh, obviously, the best model for this so far is Dan Harmon. He had uh, been accused by a woman who was uh, writing on Community and like working with him in general of sort of like sexual harassment, sexual harassment in the workplace. Where I guess basically it sounds like he like had like a crush on her, and then he like showed it in really awkward mm-hmm. ways, including like favoritism at work and stuff like that, and like sexual comments or whatever in ways that made her like wildly uncomfortable and she you know put it out there and told him and apparently he reached out to her both privately and then also publicly on his podcast and made a really heartfelt apology where he basically said like i understand why like this was wrong and why this action was wrong and like specifically like named actions and why they were wrong and how they made her feel and how he's like working on it and why Mm -hmm. he like understands that that's not okay what he did and it's like that's what most people want like most people aren't trying to sue you or bring you down you know unless you like rape them harvey weinstein's down that's different like you should probably go to jail and to uh to come out and do it publicly is so yeah that's like I think it's that cool really that he did helps. it privately first and she had right. accepted his apology and then he did it publicly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really good because it is like when I worked with little kids in Burlington, I was always like talked like modeling good behavior. You know, it's like the best way to teach them is to like, like say thank you multiple times and they learn mm-hmm. to say thank you. Yeah. And I do feel like I'm not saying like he knew like, oh, this is the best apology that's ever coming out. But I think doing it publicly and modeling that good behavior hopefully like opens a door for other people to realize people who are not famous even like this is how you should think about a situation like this. If someone reaches out to you from your past and says, hey, you probably don't know this, but that time that night that this happened, I was really unhappy with how it went down. So there's one other aspect of this I wanted to talk about, but uh, if I 
I'm a little afraid I won't word it well, or maybe I'm just completely wrong. So if it's too problematic, just like delete it. Okay. But um, I think I think probably some people are like, uh, why would you want to have sex with a woman who isn't interested or isn't enthusiastic? Mm. And that Aziz should have picked up on like her sort of nonverbal cues that she wasn't interested. And I agree. But uh, I don't think you can really expect men to do that when we live in a society that doesn't um, prioritize female pleasure or perspectives. Mm. Because if everybody in this society is socialized to think sex isn't for women, you know, that, that creates a situation where women who don't think of themselves first when it comes to sex um like he's gonna have sexual experiences in the past yeah where he does things that women don't like and they act like they like it yeah or they're not interested but they act like they are um so i i don't really think you can expect him to be able to discern definitely when a woman is interested or not i i remember like being young and it's really hard to know like when you're just making out you know even before sex, like, when I touch someone here, do they like it or not? Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel really good, and I think I'm picking up on that they're feeling really good, but is it all in my head? Yeah. Or even, you know, flirting, like, I think we're flirting, but I can't tell, because I'm really into it, and I think they're into it, but maybe I just think they're into it, because I'm really into it. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. are they just being friendly, and I'm, like, reading it, like... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but more importantly, society doesn't value women's enthusiasm in sex, then how can an individual yeah. person be expected to, like, yeah, that's, keep up? that's why I was mentioning that porny aspect to what he was yeah. doing. Because, like I was saying, I think a lot of porn, unfortunately... Which is so weird, because, like, women watch porn. Women mm-hmm. watch porn with their partners. Like, you know, yeah. and separately, and, you know... And yet, in porn, the woman is it's not important that she's an enthusiastic participant in any way and all of the shots and everything is obviously very male gaze male centered male pleasure focused you know yeah um i mean when you see like a porn where there's like a girl like gagging on a guy's dick right that's not about her pleasure you know (laughs) like it's not focused on her feeling good it's so like um, this reminds me of some dead pundits guy tweets that I saw recently that were good, but basically he was just saying, um, well, I think that this is proof that the markets aren't really rational, but yeah, yeah, totally. There's a market out there, but it's just totally. not that yeah. because of like inertia. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the idea that, oh, oh men, what biologically want to see a woman choke on a dick. Yeah. No, that's socialized. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. So, and also, um, it's like a thing where it's like, well, at first, like, you know, it was cool just to see guys fucking women, you know, online. Then it yeah. had to be like anal sex. Right, right. Then it had to be a threesome. Then it had to be a threesome with anal sex. Then it had to, yeah. you know, and you have to keep going up and up and up. And now it's like, well, we've got to see her choking on a dick, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like because a... there's you, you have to keep upping the ante. And the only way to up the ante is... Well, when it's when it's just focused for one idea of what men want, 
is by doing more and more shit like this that's like, mm-hmm. you know, completely puts, sets aside the idea of women's pleasure and is just about sort of like shocking men sexually or whatever. And a very yeah. like heteronormative, like uh, man, big beast, woman, little like lady, you know, who's here for your sexual pleasure. Like, um, so I think like actually like what you're talking about in terms of markets, yeah, it, like they would have to do so much less work if they just started creating yeah. a variety of porn for different types of people yeah. that would, you know, be a, like a like more exciting than just maybe something completely vanilla, but like doesn't have to like rise to the level of like, you know, absurd like almost like cartoon it's a market distortion of reality yeah 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 so yeah well the reason i brought up the dead pundits guy tweets and i looked them up here is just he's talking about you know human nature and Mm -hmm. essentialism and he's so anti-essentialist yeah he says it every episode yeah so he says i think emphatic assertions of humanism and ethics on the socialist left boil down to this question are you a misanthrope and thus do you pathologize and essentialize human subjectivity or do you see subjectivity as emerging from structural and historical effects? Yeah. One is leftist, the other is pure mis- misanthropy. Um, one insists on the transformation of the material conditions that produce subjects in the world, right? The other requires hunkering down in the bunkers of the culture wars or I would say like declaring somebody evil, mm. you know, just bad and unspeakable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it does. Yeah, so is. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I'm saying. Well, and that's why, like, earlier on, I was bringing that thing up of, like, I think uh, talking about, like, drunk hookups in college and stuff like that. Because it's, like, it's not. Yes, there are. There's definitely, like, rape on campus and stuff like that. But, like, it's not. Both sides of that equation, guys and girls, obviously, Mm -hmm. I'm being very heteronormative. Probably, I would assume that it's similar for same-sex couples mm-hmm. or trans couples or whatever. I don't know because I didn't participate in that. But, like, you know, both sides of the coin in terms of, like, guys and girls who are doing a drunk hookup, like, are subjects of the culture and society that they're growing up in, mm-hmm. right? That's what I'm saying with the patriarchy. And that's why, like, I think, like, in those conditions, women learn that, they need to act. They need to act like they don't want to have sex. And oh, I got drunk. That's why I let down my guard and let you have sex yeah, with me, yeah, yeah. or hook up in some other way. And guys learn you have to like push past that initial social barrier that a girl has to say no right. in order to like maintain her dignity and like. Or maybe girls will only want to have sex with you when they're drunk. Yeah. 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 Also. Yeah. And, and as a result of that, like, and maybe that's okay, like, in college where people are learning and trying new things and figuring things out. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it worked out okay for me. I don't know about <laughs> other people, obviously. But once you move on into the real world where people are, like, adults and have more experience and have had enthusiastic sober sex with, <laughs> in happy relationships and things like that, and they expect more, then it starts to become a real problem if you've been socialized to think that, well, just because she says no a couple times doesn't actually mean she doesn't want to have sex with me. Yeah. Or, uh, well, she's drunk. She probably wants to have sex with me even if she says no, right? Because 
that's the baseline experience for a lot of people in this country in terms of like when they start fucking like yeah multiple people around you know college age like so that's what i was saying like in terms of mudding the water it's hard and i'm not that's what i'm not saying like aziz ansari is a rapist you know like the specifically that's why i started the conversation there because i get it that like it it's not an easy situation to navigate and we have especially in america a really fucked up relationship to sex and and especially like you were talking about like women's pleasure and and centering a relationship or just a a sexual experience around women's pleasure um in fact just like even me like saying that like women's pleasure makes me feel like you know like it's it feels like uh you know that um snl sketch with the will ferrell and his like his lover you know yeah rachel dratch yeah yeah yeah, I it feels like one. something that they would like, <laughs> talk about, you know. But that's 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 because we don't talk about. That's why it feels right. like that, you right. know. This question shouldn't just be about is disease and sorry really bad or just a little bit bad. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It's about society yeah. and how people learn to behave in this way, and also you know a little bit why the victim behaved in this way. Like, yeah, there, absolutely. We need some room to be able to talk about that if we really want. Like, if I had a daughter, I wouldn't say, look at this story, look how bad men are. I'd yeah. say, look at this story, like, maybe can we talk about what you would do if you were in this situation? What's the best way to handle this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I also think, like, I can imagine people saying, like, well, it's, like, 100% not the woman's fault. It's not. It's not. No, totally. But, like, okay, I guess what I'm, like, because you could also have a story of a girl who um, goes to a party wearing a short skirt and gets drunk and someone would say, well, would you look at that story and tell your daughter, okay, let's talk about this and what you would do different in that situation? Because a a woman wearing a short skirt at a party and getting drunk is not a woman doing anything wrong, right? And so it's like, it's hard to like then have a conversation and say, okay, well, here's what you should do differently because in both of these instances, like these women aren't doing anything wrong. It's society that's wrong, right? Mm But at the same time, like, realistically, like, if I had a daughter, would I tell her to, like, you know, if you're not, if you don't know everyone at the party, be careful how much you drink, you know, things like yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, I would, but you the, know? the key is to identify the material conditions that create yeah, subjects like this, like absolutely. the tweet says. Like, so it's to say, in which way is society wrong? And that's, yeah. once you've analyzed that, then you know how to handle it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not But unfortunately, wrong. the result is still the same. Like, I can tell my yeah, daughter, like, so. look, society is wrong. You should be able to get completely plastered at a party, just like a dude. Yeah. And feel safe that no one's going to violate But at you. least if you understand, you know, the material conditions, then you don't have some sort of misplaced shame. Like, yes. Yeah. It's exactly. my fault. Exactly. Know? Yeah. 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 So that's what I'm saying, like, because I think, like, in, like, a mainstream conversation about this, someone would be like, so you're going to tell your daughter not to get drunk and wear a short skirt? And it's like, well, kind of yes, because, like, in an ideal world, I think she should be able to. But I also know that, like, when that happens, like, trouble can and will arise most likely for you, you know? But also the difference is, like, we're saying... She should be equipped to make decisions for herself. Yeah. Not, she should learn not to behave this way. Yeah, true. Yeah. 
Yeah. She should be able to, It's like, important to understand, understand why. things and recognize yeah. context. It's so. not, yeah, and it's not, like, because you're behaving unladylike or you're dressing like a slut or yeah. whatever. It's because we live oh, in a society Oh, and that's the misanthropic where... aspect, too. It's, like, people are just bad. You know, yeah. men can't help themselves. Yeah. They just crave sex. They're animals when it comes to sex, so that's why you can't wear a short skirt. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, yeah. we're saying people say that about men, and that's why it's dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's... and people start to believe that about themselves, yeah. and they don't even bother to, like, you know, confront, like, why. Yeah. And, and... and that's why a lot of women aren't wrong when they're in these situations to take a strategy of, like, yeah. compliance. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's what sadly, I'm saying. Which yeah. is horrifying. I know. That's why it's, like, really hard to have this conversation, because you don't want to say this shit. But at the same time, like realistically like you have agency and you made like the best decision to be safe i've heard stories about uh girl guy asks a girl to prom the girl says no and then he like stabs her right so even like when women are like like i don't want to recast these things that happen in my life it's like you don't have to look at it that way you can look at it as like i made the best decision for myself i was smart and strong and i came out alive and happy and i know that that's like kind of depressing because at bare minimum you should be able to say no to a sexual encounter and come out alive but again that's not actually the society we live in so mm-hmm. you know i think that there it's okay to like be happy that you made those decisions yeah. and that doesn't mean that you were a victim it doesn't mean you have to like see the other person as a rapist it right, just right. means like this is what you do with the society that you live in just like you know, I don't want to exploit anybody, but, like, I also can't spend a ton of money on clothes, so sometimes I buy clothes from right, right. H&M, you know? And like, it means this that, is what you do with the society you live in. And like, at the same time, we can't change that society if we essentialize it. Yeah. You know, we have to look We have to look at the material conditions that socialize people to behave this way. Yeah. And that means we can't solve this problem if we're anti-sex. Yeah. We do have to push in the direction of, you know... Maybe sex positivity has run its course, but, like, obviously female enjoyment of sex has not come to full fruition in our society ideologically. Yeah. Yeah. That's really the only thing I think that can solve this problem of bad sex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't even think of a TV show or movie that, like, unless it's, like, you know, kind of, like, semi-softcore porn-y type of movie that, like, but even then, probably... That like centers like a woman's sexual experience. If there is one you can think of too, it's probably from the past like five years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The way that there are plenty that are clearly Uh, besides the original Deep Throat. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) She comes by having dicks in her mouth. Yeah, yes. (laughs) That's just how she orgasms. She has a clit in her throat. I think is how it's explained. (laughs) Like the only way to reach that clit is to put your dick Actually, in your all mouth. women have a roving clit that floats to different parts of their body at different <laughs> times. <laughs> you should really be a sex educator. You're dispensing <laughs> knowledge. Should I say something embarrassing? Uh, sure. There was what's that stupid movie that they played on Comedy Central all the time? It's like a late night news movie with one of those like john hartnett or josh hartnett guys or something. oh yeah um, um is it 40 days and 40 nights yeah, yeah. there's the female character in there yeah. who says she can come by being touched anywhere on her body okay and i was like 14 and i was thinking like 
maybe if I believe that I can be that way, <laughs> I was just like rubbing like my foot just to see like how close I could get. To actually. <laughs> how close? <laughs> Not do my you foot, get? like in a foot fetish way either. Just yeah. like the part where your skin is like really thin. Yeah. Well, I was like fourteen, so yeah, I got a little yeah. turned on. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. But I was identifying with female pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. You were a uh, young male feminist. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So do you feel pretty good about that discussion? Yeah, it's probably long enough for now. Yeah, I don't think we'll get into morality today, unfortunately. I thought it would be connected, but I think it's really not connected at all to this Well, discussion. I think it can be a little bit. Like, I was thinking about, like, how, you know, like, we were watching The Good Place and stuff, and they talk a lot about, like, your motivation for doing something is, like, really important, and how I was, like, saying, like, there's no way that, like, what he did can be construed as, like, okay. And a big part of that is that, like, the motivation is just completely fucked up. Like, yeah. it is, like so selfish like he is not concerned about her feelings at all otherwise it would never turn into this like if he gave like a modicum of uh, had a modicum of concern about how she feels yeah it, it would not could not have gone this this badly this for that long you know and yeah. that quickly too like or even if it did go bad really quickly then when she says let's chill if he like gave a shit a little bit about her or as a person, you know, then I just don't think it could have gone that bad. And I do think that, like, in terms of morality, a lot of these shows, not to get too into it, but just, like, a lot of these shows are starting to focus on, um, instead of being focused about, like, me and my pleasure, are focused on how your actions affect other people. And clearly this is someone who, like, just didn't care about that and doesn't maybe doesn't you know think about know his own can... character that way yeah i don't i'm sure he thinks he cares about what yeah he's yeah you know like when i mentioned that lucy k shaw essay what seems so clear and was horrifying was like this guy didn't give a fuck what his sex partner yeah felt like yeah i don't know that i see it quite the same way in this story but, I mean, obviously he doesn't actually care about yeah, the pleasure. Yeah, I mean, I, but I don't know that he sees see. himself that way. Whereas, like... I don't know, it's really annoying. He does, like, a dance where it's, like, he goes right up to the edge, and then, he, like, and then he's like, no, no, it's okay, we can totally chill. Yeah. And then five seconds later, it's like, okay, but I want you to suck my dick. Yeah. Oh, no, you don't want to? I want you to be happy. Okay, no, no, we can chill. Uh, but can you touch my dick? Like, yeah. it's like... Yeah, he's, you're right. He definitely doesn't actually or yeah, effectively care about Yeah, it. and he's constant. It's like he knows, like, where the line is, and he's just constantly towing it between, like, full-on, like, ass- like being, like, an assault and, like, more of, like, a consensual sex situation where you're just putting a lot of pressure <laughs> yeah, on the other I person. Yeah, I love the idea that, like, badgering can lead to consent. I know. Like, what the fuck? I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, people need to think more about, like, coercion. Like, if you get yeah. a yes that's why you were talking about from the... coercion, yeah. that's not... Uh... That's why you were talking about Jenk Uger. Yeah. He has the attitude that, like, anything that happens under capitalism, almost, is okay. As long as it's, like, consensual and you're getting yeah. paid. As long as, like, you have enough choice and you can choose this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's like, but money is coercive. The minute you put money on the table, I, the decision is like 
you're coming to some decision under like some duress right. because everyone needs money, you know. So now and, it's... and this is the same thing. It's like there's so much coercion happening that whatever decision she comes to is like under duress. And if the if she says yes, that yes is not, you know, a clear enthusiastic yes. I want to fuck you, and it can never be. You can never get that type of yes from badgering yeah. someone. It's like fruit from a rotten tree or something. Yeah, and if you cared about the other person, you would just be like, we'll just have to do this another day because I don't want to have sex with someone or any sexual encounter, whatever, making out even, mm-hmm. with someone under these circumstances because th- that's kind of gross to me. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm horny, but I can put my dick away like you know like we all get horny you can stop you're like just goes down after a while it's not the end of the world like you know like so i just to me it just feels like and that's the thing is like it was just sex like it's you can just like masturbate later it doesn't even matter like so the only reason to like prioritize if you're going to prioritize your pleasure that much over somebody else's discomfort i don't know it's like how can i think that you're a person who cares about other people it seems like extremely selfish at you know at minimum yeah so yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, is that good? Yeah. I still stand by what I was saying before, though, that, like, we live in a society that doesn't value women's pleasure. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's hard. It's probably, I don't know. It might be hard to, like, I don't think I had a a problem, like, valuing women's pleasure and intimate encounters. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I (laughs) think. Okay, okay. But I think, uh... You know, I can definitely understand why other men would because it's that's not something that you're really necessarily taught is even supposed to be part of sex. Yeah. And a lot of women agree with that. Yeah, I know. So. Yeah. So I don't know. I just want to make it clear that I don't think he's like evil or irredeemable, just awful right here. Yeah, I mean, I think both of those. I think it can be true that both he is selfish and manipulative in sexual situations and it's yeah that he thinks it's okay to participate to participate or or perpetrate that type of behavior because basically like he doesn't realize or know to care or care or whatever i mean it doesn't really matter because the result is the same Mm -hmm. that that leads to women you know feeling well, crying at the end of the, I know, the, yeah. the encounter, basically, yeah. you know, I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't ultimately, we can like debate about whether you think, you know, he's selfish or and it's important not centering that, women's pleasure enough or whatever, yeah. but the res- end result is the same, whatever yeah. it is, you know. And it's important to recognize there is a gray area, right? Yeah. There's people who literally wouldn't care. Yeah. And yeah. that's, yeah. And, and it doesn't, there are people who don't understand. Yeah. Or, yeah, and in this case, it probably doesn't seem like he completely doesn't care, but it's also, I don't know him. I yeah. Don't, I've never even seen him in real life, so I, I don't know. I can't, yeah, like, delve true. into his brain, yeah. like, but what I can do is tell you that, like, whatever he did, 
or whatever he was feeling, what he did <laughs> mm-hmm. resulted in a mess. Like, it was terrible. So it doesn't matter. Like, that, to me, it doesn't matter what he was feeling. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't really care about intent. And also, I, just... I mean, honestly, I don't care even that much specifically about this example. It's more important to me, like, we were talking about, like, the broader, this, I mean, the specifics of this example. What's important to me is that this is a thing that happens all the time every day yeah and i want to talk about that instead of you know brushing it under the rug like some people are saying i, I really think it's so stupid to say that this is hurting the me too movement in I some know. way i actually feel exactly the opposite it broadens it so that every woman realizes hey yeah it's kind of fucked up that i have experiences like this and i don't know anyone who doesn't yeah and Maybe that means that we are far, much further from equality than we thought as women. If you think, yeah, if you think this is, how did you put it, ruining the Me Too movement? Yeah, I don't, I've heard Then you're only taking it one step further from rape is what happens when somebody holds a knife to your throat. Just like a single step further. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, yeah. So that's why this is most important to me, like regardless of even the details of this specific event. Yeah. I just wanted to like bring it up again i think it's important to talk about that there are gray areas yeah yeah (laughs) okay i was right (laughs) (laughs) i think we have the only correct take on that's why i wanted to title this only the only semi facetiously take on the aziz i'm sorry thing yeah i think that's a good idea okay all right so should we end it there sounds good okay well, this has been another episode of uh, Cold Pizza Party. My name's Levitza. It's been fun. And this is Adam. You can find us um, at Cold Pizza Party on iTunes. Adam is at Bone Camaro. On, I mean, I think I'm on changing Twitter. that because I don't know that people think it's, realize it's a lyric from a unicorn song. Yeah, how song. could you not? I wonder if people think it's like a kind of sleazy, like, um, this is a Camaro for boning. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, because I. That's such a different I always connotation. Think, oh, it's a Camaro than... made out of bones. Yeah, me skeleton. too. Yeah. yeah. That's really funny. Yeah, that really changes it from like a cool, cute unicorn yeah, thing Maybe to I like. Change it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, for now, yeah. for the time being, you can find a rap bone Camaro like the unicorns lyrics, not <laughs> not like a Camaro to bone in. Yeah, we're on, on Twitter. ITunes. Yeah, we're on SoundCloud. iTunes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, let us know if you want to hear it somewhere else on some other platform. Those are the only ones we ever use, so that's where they're at. Yeah, and you can leave us a review and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, we should ask. Sometimes. Yeah, we never do, but we should. Yeah. Um. So please do. And, yeah, that's it. It's, mm-hmm. like, really late. I'm ready to end this podcast. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay bye. Bye. Lady Godiva, her dress so demurely Hats and head of another